I'm Sid. And I'm Jess. And And this is the Book Boyfriend Project. So, in today's episode, we're going to do something a little bit different. So, you guys have probably listened to our one-star reactions, where we read one-star reactions, or we were read one-star reviews of books that we really loved. Mm -hmm. We're going to do the opposite on today's episode, and we are going to read five-star reviews on books that we weren't major fans of. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, the first one we're going to talk about is the actual review that we did for April, mm-hmm. The Modern Gentleman by Megan Quinn. We Spoil- both... Yeah. Spoiler alert. We didn't love it. Yeah. It was about subpar for both of us. I think I gave it a 2.75 stars, and I think it was right around the same. Agreed on the same. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, we thought that would be a good one to start with. If you guys haven't listened to that review episode, definitely go check it out, just because what we disliked about the book may not be a jailbreaker for you. But, Jess, do you have any really good five-star reviews? I'm almost worried that the five-star reviews will be less in-depth than, like, the super critical one-star reviews. Oh, this one's very in-depth. Okay. 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 So, let's read through this one. Major spoiler alerts in this review. Um... We've already read this book, and we've already done the review on it, full of spoilers, so I'm not really going to edit any of those out. Mm -hmm. If you guys are uncomfortable with that, just... Skip ahead a few minutes. Skip ahead a little bit. Um, So, for anyone reading this review, you need to know that I don't follow authors or give good reviews that often. Majority of my reviews are did not finishes, because as we all know, it is the same themes over and over again, so to get a plot that, to my knowledge, has never been written before, and have the characters quote-unquote speak to us readers direct is absolutely brilliant of the author and I for one thank her for being original and thinking out of the box well done Mrs. Quinn now I did actually enjoy that that they were like it's breaking the fourth wall yeah he was like speaking to like the readers and stuff Mm -hmm. I did it I like that um this is a I didn't think the plot was like that unique like I I didn't think it was that original either it's not like cookie cutter like an enemies to lovers can't I mean like this is an enemy slowers but like just throwing that out as an example that can be a pretty cookie cutter plot mm-hmm. but I didn't I feel like this one was like kind of unique but not like knock my socks off I don't think honestly I don't think it was very unique at all yeah um it's boy meets girl boy falls in love with girl yeah like, there's some sort of deception there's some sort of deception in this case it happened to be that he was writing an article yeah. Like, yes, like, his job was unique. Yeah. And that was about the only thing that was unique. But I that's a like detail about plot. the character. That's not the plot itself. No. So, um, like, yes, the fourth wall thing was cute, but, like, mm-hmm. plot? Yeah. Yeah. This is a story about Wesley Waldorf Williams and June July Lacey's, I loved her name, crazy journey to happily ever after and how Wes lost the love of his life, a.k.a. June. No, this is not a second chance as the story takes us through how they met, fell in love, and eventually how Wes, the goose, fucked up and lost his girl and won her back in a way that I have never seen any hero do so in a long, long, long time. What? For the record, this heroine was truly awesome. No doormat or thinking with her lady parts here. This heroine made the hero work for it. Yep, how often do we read about such heroine? Okay, yes, she made him work for it. But also, that's been done many times it's not like i feel like she's just like maybe doesn't like read very many things Possibly. i don't know and the whole like if, for those of you who haven't read the book and aren't planning on reading it 
um kind of the way that wesley won june back was he kind of did like these famous makeup scenes from pretty woman and love actually mm-hmm. that's been done or like just taking a makeup scene from a movie and putting it in a book that's been done it's been done like over many and times. over and over. I it's thoroughly not, enjoy it, but, like, like, it's been done. Like, I love the description, and I loved that he's, like, hey, let me, like, take these scenes from these movies that you loved watching with your dead grandmother. Yeah. Super that thoughtful. That was, like, it was thoughtful. Like, he, like, you know, whatever. That was nice. So, mostly from Wes's POV, at least up until the last chapter, we get more than just the last chapter from June. Mm-hmm. This is a quote-unquote dating 101 story that starts on first page with Wes wallowing miserable and depressed because he lost his girl. He then takes us from the beginning of how they met, fell in love, and how things all went south for him and what major goggling Wes needed to do to make things right to win her back. Various times in the story, Wes speaks direct to the reader in his analogy of the gentleman's way of dating and as I said, at the end we even get June's voice talking to us about her thought process. As a hero, Wes came across as a lovable, sweet, dorky doof who transformed himself into a modern gentleman by his advice column. Um, no. He turned into a lovable, sweet, dorky doof at the end. He frequently describes himself as a frat boy before his advice column. Yeah. Okay. And one of our biggest critiques of this book was that we didn't get more from June, and we felt like that was truly detrimental to the story yeah like there were i mean you guys have to listen to our review if you want to hear more but there were so many parts to june's backstory and to her character that we were like okay like we've got this little bit of teaser but like we want more (laughs) like we want more backstory like why did this damage her why does she act the way she does like Mm -hmm. what is happening there like there's so much like it just needed to be expanded upon a bit Mm -hmm. and like we just couldn't connect with the characters based on like what we were given on june yeah and as females, like, we want to connect with the female character. Yeah. I feel like... Primarily, like, yeah, you can connect with the male character, and it's nice to, like, fall in love with the male character, and we're mm-hmm. all about book boyfriends and such, but, oh, yeah. like... It, it was just missing. It was missing. Um, he works for a newspaper in which... No, he doesn't. He works for a website. And he writes an online column. In which he writes a column to help dudes transform themselves into gentlemen of class and sex appeal. His boss assigns him to find a woman and count her as an experiment of the modern gentleman's a how-to guide and write a column on it each week based on his courtship of June. With help from his two besties, he assigned him initially on a dating app with not-so-nice results. Um, his one friend got you all signed up, quote-unquote. Roman plops down on the bar stool next to me. Your username is cockdaddy69, and I used your picture from the staff directory. Go ahead, start swiping. He holds out his phone, which I don't bother taking. I'm not going to use love swipe. How many times do I have to tell you that? And I'm sure as hell I'm not using it under the name cockdaddy69. From here, things improve for him when he meets June one day in the park where they have a heated conversation over a dog poop. Yep, General Fitzbum, the dog, dropped a doo-doo on the sidewalk, and June handed the poop bag to Wes. This was a great meet cute in my opinion. I thought that was adorable. It was. Um, June is an inspire, aspiring Broadway actress, dog walker, doll maker, and a hundred other things. The scene with the dolls in her apartment will have you cracking in stitches. Um, no. It freaked me out a bit. I mean, yes, it made me laugh, but also, like, I can just imagine being Wesley coming, like, to this girl's place. You're gonna make out on the couch, and then suddenly this, like, creepy-ass doll goes, Mama! And this, like, freaky-ass freaking voice, like, um, 
No, thank you. Not for those who have watched Annabelle. <laughs> no. <laughs> she is feisty, straightforward, confident, and not willing to take any crap from anyone. Okay. Um, no, she doesn't take crap, but I wouldn't, I don't. That's not a unique characteristic. No. Like, I loved her as a character. I thought she was a great character. We just wanted to know more. Mm-hmm. Um, she really didn't make things easy for Wes in the beginning or any time in their courtship. After she and Wes clicked from the first moment they met, their romance was hilarious. And then she gives some more quotes um, from the book. I'm not going to read those just for, like... Expediency's sake. Expediency's sake and also, like, you know, potential copyright issues. But there is the angst, too, in the form that when June finally realizes that she is Wes's experiment, she feels betrayed and hurt and breaks up with him. Uh, yes. Wes and his redemption is an old-time classic for me. Um, then she, like, gives more quotes, more quotes. Okay, safety. OW drama, none. No. Other relationship? That's not Outside women? Possibly. It was briefly mentioned in the beginning that Wes had a three-year relationship with a woman in the past that left him for another man because he didn't give her the attention she deserved. Other woman drama. Mm. Mm -hmm. He is not obsessing about her or anything. He is also not a man-hoe. He stated that he dated women from time to time before he met June. While his friend tried to match him up with a woman in a dating app when he met at a bar, he was attracted to her at first. But things didn't go anywhere because she was a psycho. Uh, no, it was because he had the same uh, name as his mother. Yeah. Um, other man drama, there's none. Heron is not a virgin. She had a relationship with a man in the past who cheated on her. That is other man drama, in my opinion. She's taking past relationship baggage into this new relationship, kind of. True, but like um, if you're not like fresh out of high school, you have relationship baggage. I mean, yeah, but it's not, like, relationship baggage where it's, like, yeah, cool, like, this happened. It's, I'm gonna make you wait until, like, date five to get my phone number. Yeah. Be like, that's a little too much baggage. Like, not True. too much baggage, but, it's like. kind of a lot. It's, it's other man drama. Mm-hmm. Um, cheating and other intimate sex scenes in the relationship. None. Safe sex. Favorite characters. Accolades should be given to General Fitzbum. I agree. <laughs> and to Wes's BFF, Camden and Roman, who were a who. Author willing, I'd very much love a story about Roman, who was a tool with his toe-sucking fetish sex escapades. That's yes. what I would read. I would yes. love a Roman story. Same. And we checked um, while we were finishing up our review, and there don't appear to be any other books kind of, like, in that series. It seems like this was kind of, like, a one-and-done. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically she's basically just summarized the book Yeah. in this. She doesn't really, like, tell a whole bunch, except that, like, she thinks it's very unique. Yeah. I do not think it's very unique. No. Um. I would have to agree there. So my next book, well, from here, Jess and I kind of just decided to, like, do books that we individually didn't love instead of doing them together, because while... Since starting the podcast, our reading has overlapped much more. We still, like, our reading tastes very greatly. Mm-hmm. So, my book is We Were Liars by E. Lockhart. So, this one was totally a step outside my comfort zone. I'm very much, like, a contemporary romance fantasy kind of girl. 
Um, and this one was more of a mystery thriller. And I know for a fact that I audiobooked this book. And I have a tendency to be a little bit more open with audiobooks versus like a book book. Because like a book book, I gotta sit there and read an audiobook so I can multitask and listen to it while I do other things. So basically, the main character of this one, well, I guess I'll just read you guys a summary and then we'll talk about it a little bit. A beautiful and distinguished family, a private island, a brilliant damaged girl, a passionate political boy, a group of four friends, the liars, whose friendship turns destructive, a revolution, an accident, a secret, lies upon lies, true love, the truth. So like, that's a pretty sparse blurb, like not a whole lot of context there. So basically, the main character in this book, I couldn't tell you her name off the top of my head, is like, I think she's like a 16-year-old girl or something like that. Her parents are divorced, um, her mother comes from a very, very wealthy family, and they have this private island, and on that island, each of the daughters of the grandfather have like beautiful homes on there, and they just like come visit it on the summertime. Um, and on that island, she has two cousins that are really close in age to her, and then one of her aunts married or is dating, um, this other man, and he has a son named Gat, and Gat comes on the island with them. Gat is, I believe, Indian, so there's some racism that comes into play in this book, where, like, her grandfather doesn't like that she's, like, kind of crushing on Gat, but basically, this book is kind of a telling of the summer that she spends on the island with the liars which is what this little group is called and it's totally one of those books if you guys don't want it to be spoiled just like skip ahead like 30 seconds or I don't know we'll see how spoily the reviews are are you gonna read this book Jess? probably not okay cool so it comes out in the end that while she's been having this summer with the liars like normal like nothing happened um she had a traumatic accident at the end of last summer which caused i think it's like some sort of brain injury or like retrograde amnesia or something like that um and so she like everyone is hiding something from her she can't figure out what it is her mom's like coddling her it's driving her nuts and it comes out in the end that last summer the liars burned down one of the homes on the island and three out of the four of them were trapped inside and burned alive and she was the only one that made it out and she got her traumatic injury there so like so she's like she's literally hallucinating these people and it, it just like it doesn't occur to me or didn't occur to me while I was reading this book that like the only time that she was with the liars was like when they were by themselves they weren't like with the rest of the family but like in the end you realize that and it's like oh my gosh she's been like hallucinating this entire time or like hallucinating or ghosts or like whatever you want to believe <laughs> yeah. okay then yeah it's it's really different and I feel like that's part of the reason why I didn't love it mm-hmm. I hate books where it's like you read the entire book and then basically at the end they just like unravel the thread like if a book was knitting like a beautiful blanket or something like they just like rip the thread out of the end that really irritates me this was a beautifully written book like written or like writing quality wise fantastic but like it was just not for me Okay, so the first five-star review says, This was, without a doubt, one of the most powerful and well-crafted books I've read in a really long time. Elements that made this book outstanding. It started with a map and a family tree. Talk about setting yourself up for success. Love maps and love a family tree, but I audiobooked this, so I didn't really get to experience that. The personifications of emotion. This might not make sense unless you've read the book, but wow, it was powerful. So I think what she means by this is like, 
the hallucinations of the liars that the main character is having are like her guilt maybe I don't know it's been quite a while since I've read this book I won't lie um the use of fairy tales from the main character describes situations that's true she does kind of use fairy tales to compare what's happening to folklore or whatever um the sense of complete mystery and suspicion I was always questioning everything the use of dramatic lines you know when an author brings in an epic moment stopping line this was full of those awesome drops the moment there's a moment when it all reveals and it was perfect the consequential understanding everything suddenly clicks into place and it was glorious the side characters i think some of the side characters can feel inconsequential and here they felt really important i don't know it just sounds like this person kind of clicked with this book and i didn't mm-hmm. there were weren't very many things i didn't like to be honest but there was one one the title it doesn't make any sense to me i don't want to say anything in case spoilers but i don't think it's the perfect title two final things i have a theory i have a theory about this book and i'm really excited oh this is about her talking about where she's going to share her theory she said that it made her cry like a lot i just i didn't click with this book mm-hmm. and i feel like this person just did i mean it doesn't sound like a bad book oh by no means it's a bad book i just didn't enjoy it a whole lot mm-hmm. so this next review says i went into we were liars one cocky son of a biscuit eater feeling above it all right from page one i'd seen this book talked about so heavily by other bloggers and somehow never saw the twist coming or how others totally saw that twist coming all the while, I was sitting on the sidelines with my shades on, posted up with my arms folded, saying, yeah, 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 hot potato. That's not to say I didn't want to read this book, because I did. I even had an advanced read copy sitting on my shelf for the longest time, but due to a lot of the hype, I kept putting it off. This person says that they also did an audiobook. So anyways, I was feeling very blasé about the first half. It felt like a really random story about a rich white girl and her white girl problems crying her white girl tears. And I felt myself unsure about what the point of it all was. And here she inserts a picture of herself kind of like rolling her eyes listening to the book, which is kind of funny. <laughs> and that's kind of how I, I mean, like, not the white girl part, because like, I am a white girl. But um, that's kind of why I felt about it at the beginning, too. Like, yes, maybe this will be an interesting story eventually, but like in the beginning, it just felt kind of random and inconsequential. And maybe that makes me sound extremely heartless, but I couldn't relate to the main character. Uh, but somewhere along the lines, I started to become intrigued with the story because it became this strange, wild thing that I couldn't piece together. Lockhart uses very odd narration with fragmented sentences and strange descriptions, but I thought it was beautiful and unique. It added a very creepy layer on top of the existing oddness. It makes you question the main character, her account of the incident, and the entire book. She's not very reliable and has the habit of cutting off mid-sentence. I'm not sure if that was used as a way to distract the reader or if it was used to make us question her sanity. Maybe a little both. Maybe a little bit of both. Anyway, that worked on me. As things started to heat up, I reached the cusp of the climax. The narrator's voice increased in intensity. She began talking faster and became very emotional, then suddenly on the verge of tears. <laughs> this reviewer has inserted her, like, reactions to, like, certain parts of the book, and I think that's absolutely hilarious. Um, and then it was real, and I was all like, what is this life? I reject everything about this ending. No, which is kind of how I felt about it. But, like, this person cried. I did not cry. I was just upset. <laughs> <laughs> I know this review might not be the most helpful in the world, but it's true. What everyone says about We Were Liars. You should absolutely go in blind with no expectations and let this book take your feels as it sees fit. So, again, I just, I didn't click with it. Alright, what's your next book? 
Um, so my next book is actually going to be Midnight Sun. It is the technically the fifth book in the Twilight series. It is uh, the first Twilight book from Edward's point of view. I read this book probably mm, like a couple months after it released. I was a diehard Twilight fan. I was definitely like a Twihard. Um, totally team Jacob. I loved these books. I read them so many times. Um, I think I fell in love with the books after watching the first two movies. So I wasn't like right there at the beginning of when they were like first released. Um, but then I had read... I think Twilight and New Moon before I watched Eclipse and then I watched Eclipse and then I had reread Breaking Dawn enough times that when the two Breaking Dawn movies were released I could quote them while watching them for the first time in the theater if that gives you any indication to how much I loved this series. Breaking Steph, Dawn was so good. Like it was it was my favorite book. I loved it. Um Midnight Sun fell flat. I didn't even technically finish this book. I stopped at like 65% because I couldn't deal with like Edward and his like self-deprecating like I'm a demon bullcrap. Um, like I just, I couldn't. Mm -hmm. Like I had to stop. I'm trying to find one where it's not just memes. <laughs> to be honest. Okay, here's a five star. What if I'm not the hero? What if I'm the bad guy? That's like iconic kind of line from Edward. Okay. And my friend, that was it for me. From here, my possession and obsession with the bad guys, anti-heroes begun. Since then, there was no turning back from me. I almost forgot how much emotionally attached I am with him. It's been 10 years after all. A very gentle admission of his love for her and my eyes are already moist. A small touch of his fingers, a little touch of his lips on her hair, and my heart flutters like nothing else. My stomach goes butterflies. Jealous, possessive, hormone-induced Edward is my favorite type of Edward. Just saying. Real talk for a second. After reading this book, I unexpectedly and surprisingly loved Bella a little bit more than I already love her. I realized how important her reactions were towards Edward from the day she got to know he was a vampire to the meadow where he showed her his skin and sunlight. Her positive, supportive reaction was life-changing for Edward. Her each word, each move was crucial for Edward, and she exactly did all the right things, said all the right words, and showed beautiful kindness. Metaphorically speaking, Edward was hanging from the cliff, and she saved him. It was like playing chess, and she aced it, of course. About the writing of the book, it was full of details, and I loved it. Edward is... No, 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 no. No, no. <laughs> she lost your spot. Yeah. But the writing of the book, it was full of details, and I loved it. Edward is one of the most complex characters out there, so his POV was much needed and appreciated. And yes, the lamb fell in love with the lioness. Oh. They're trying to... She's trying to say that, like, Edward was the lamb and Bella was actually the lioness. Mm -hmm. And she has a couple of memes in here, like, from... Well, more like gifs. From when, like, Edward's first picking up Bella and breaking Dawn to take her into Isle Esme. And then the one where he's, like, telling her, you are my life now in Twilight after James has, like, shown his intent to, like, hunt her down. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, like, yes... It was really sweet, and yes, it was, like, I don't know, like, I disagree with the whole, like, um, like, you love Bella more because she did and said all of the right things, like, mm -hmm. of course she did and said all of the right things, it's the book. True. Like, that's the way Stephanie wrote it, it's not, like, there's anything special about it. 
But Stephanie Meyer could have written it so those weren't all the right things. I mean, yeah. I just, I mean, from what you've told me about this book and from my own experience reading Twilight, I think this would have been so much better if it was, like, if she had come out with a re-released version of Twilight with a dual point of view. Mm-hmm. I, I think that been, would have been leaps and bounds better. I would have enjoyed that, and I also would have enjoyed this to just be, because it's, like, 600 and some odd pages, guys. It's not, like, I think Twilight itself was only, like, 380. Mm-hmm. So this is, like, double the size of Twilight. And from what I read, it's basically just, like, length a lengthened version of Twilight from Edward's point of view. Mm-hmm. There's no real new scenes. Like, they don't even give, like, a ton of new, like, content from when he disappeared for that week when he went to Alaska. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not a ton of new content here. You just get it from Edward's point of view. And most of it, I mean, it's not anything life-shattering. Mm-hmm. You don't learn... I mean, yes, you learn more about the Cullen clan, and I found that interesting, but... I feel like this could have been condensed into, like, if you're going to make it, like, 600 pages, I wish she would have done, like, okay, these scenes I felt were really important. Like, the beginning portion of it where it's, like, he's, like, seeing Bella before they really made contact. Like, what's going through his head when he's saving her in, like, uh, Port Angeles or Seattle. I don't know which one it is when he, like, Mm -hmm. saves her. And, like what's going through his head in like the beginning of new moon when he decides to leave her or what's going through his head when he saves her from james Mm -hmm. or what about when they're at the baseball field like just like those scenes and just Mm -hmm. make it like a like an omnibus or something of scenes that are important to see from edward's point of view from the entire series yeah not like whatever that was rewrite the entire (laughs) first book from edward's point of view it's insanity and i'm just i was not about it i just i don't understand why she would choose to do that i just i don't know it seems like so much extra work for like something that's not even new Mm-hmm. it just seems like a lot of work plus i mean there was like the whole controversy of i think it's like the first eight chapters were like released onto the internet before she had published them like 10 or 12 years ago and, like, at that point, it would it would have just been so much better to just be like, okay. Here's what I've got. Here's these eight chapters. Now I'm just going to write, like, the entirety of the saga. Yeah. And she doesn't also, plan to, like, write any of the other books. Yeah. From what I've found, she doesn't plan to write the rest of them. Also, why did she wait so long to release this? Like, the business graduate in me, now graduate, not student anymore, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, is, like, why did you wait so long? Because at this point, like, Twilight's almost dead and gone. It's not, yeah. like, dead and gone, but, like... Twilight was basically almost dead when she finally decided to release this. Yeah. Which, um, like, I mean, I guess that would increase your sales for a brief period of time, but I just feel like so many more people would have been so much more excited about it, and you probably would have gotten better reviews and better sales right off the bat if you had released it at the height of Twilight. So, I think that's going to wrap up today's episode. Did you want to share another Midnight Sun review? Uh, no, I think that was it. A lot of them are basically just, like, my teenage self is screaming. I don't even think most of these five-star reviews even, like, fully read it Mm -hmm. before they did it, and they just... I mean, like, I get that. There are some books that I feel that way about. They're just, like, I love it. (laughs) 
But I think that's going to wrap up today's episode then. We hope that you guys enjoyed it. Uh, please feel free to reach out on our social media, which is always linked down below, and let us know like, if you've ever done a deep dive into the five-star reviews of a book that you didn't love. Like, did you go back and see, like, did I miss something? Like, why don't I love this book when everyone else does? Because I think it's really fascinating to kind of see it from that other perspective. But that's all from us today. Please don't forget to follow our podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. And if you have a second, leave us a review. It really helps us out. And as always, thanks for listening.